people of the internet and beyond. We are so happy to be with you on this wonderful November 21st evening. I am Mary and you are listening to episode 127 of your favorite anime podcast. This is Anime Double Play. Uh, my usual co-host and twin brother Thomas is not here tonight. His, one of his, the track teams that he coaches, the women's team of the college where he coaches, made nationals. So he's off at nationals this weekend, leaving me all to my lonesome JK. I brought a friend with me tonight. I have uh, my friend from the Norwalk Gamer Symphony Orchestra, Sam. Hello. Yay. Thanks for coming, Sam. We are currently sitting in his apartment. We played Pokemon and watched a really weird Japanese horror suspense random drug movie. The first fantasy horror movie. The first. Yeah. Yes. Dub the first fantasy horror movie in the trailer. So, um, Sam, again, thank you for taking the time to join the pod. I'm really excited to hear your perspective on a couple things because okay. you're a super smart guy. Thank you. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're welcome. So um, how we usually start this is, is simple. How's your week going? Uh, hectic. Hectic, yes. Yeah. Agreed. Have you been enjoying Pokemon? Very much. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the changes they made really just streamlined the experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, a friend of ours was talking about earlier today that we were playing Pokemon with. You no longer need to like go all the way back to town to heal up. There's just people along the path who heal you and stuff. Yeah, which is nice. Um, I haven't played a Pokemon game since like 2009, 2010. A lot of changes, huh? <laughs> wow, I don't know half the Pokemon. I think every po new Pokemon is part of this gen and they're from like three or four ago. <laughs> In my party, I legit have Machoke. Tokopi, Vulpix, Gen and, Gen and, Gen and Growlithe. Gen 1. And I'm like, I'm so basic. I've yeah. got no one. I tend to really lean heavily on Gen 5, because that was a generation that I liked quite a bit. Which one's so. that? Black and white. Yeah, I didn't play that game. Yeah. Um, I played Platinum while lifeguarding. It wasn't safe. Uh-huh. But I did it. All right. And then, um... All those people you were lifeguarding. Yeah. Yeah, I was at a senior home. The pool was five feet deep. Ah, uh, right. can They can stand. There was no one under five feet there. Okay. Um, I played Ruby and Sapphire both twice. Okay. So I played that gen four times. Okay. I've, That's my baby. I Yeah. That, I've, I've beaten gen one numerous times and gen two a couple times as well. But all the other ones I think I've just beaten once. Or, okay. well, except for three and four. Three and four, I never played. Okay. See, I don't even really know. Oh, is that... Am I three or four? Yeah, Ruby, Sapphire or is three. three and oh. Diamond and Pearl is gotta, four. You gotta get on that, man. It's good. Maybe someday. Okay, so we are going to... Oh, before we get started into the weeklies, um, I went to Anime NYC. How was that? It was super fun. I was... Was it your first time going? It was my third time going. Okay. And there's only been three. So cool. I'm great. Three for three. I've collected them all. 100%. Um, it was huge. There were about probably 15,000 more people there than last year. Wow. There were about 50,000 people there, and there were 35 last year. Gigantic. Um, and you could tell. It was, it was so big. It was so hectic. I mean, it was still well run. The lines were okay. Everything was going fine, but it was just like... There were so many people. There were lines for everything, but it was good. The biggest thing I was excited for, which I want to mention, because I know a lot of people in our Discord, which you should join the Anime Double Play Discord if you are not in it yet. There's a link 
on our Twitter at Anime Double Play, or you can email us at animedoubleplay at gmail.com. Um, I went to a, there was a professional Rakugo performer there. I don't What's know. What's Rakugo? It's um, Spark Notes. It's kind of like Japanese sit-down comedy. So a guy goes up, sits down, he has a towel and a fan, and he tells a comical story. Okay. And he's all the characters, and he does all the sound effects. And okay. there's a really fantastic anime that came out called um, Showa Ganroku Rakugo Shinju. Okay. That was about Rakugo and its performers between the 40s and the, and the 80s. Okay, that was cool. critically acclaimed. It, I watched it last month. It's really good. And um, I watched it because when the agenda for Anime NYC came out, I saw that there was going to be one of the only non-Japanese Rakugo performers there. Huh, okay. So I was like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So to prep, I watched 25 episodes of the show in a week. Okay. <laughs> and um, I was sick, so it worked yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, And I went. And um, I was a little disappointed. Uh-huh. It was great. He was awesome. He's a, can- a Canadian guy who studied theater and fell in love with Rakugo and then trained under a Rakugo master. In Japan. Yeah, so okay. he's one of, I think... He's the second non-Japanese master of the Osaka style, and he's the fourth non-Japanese master ever. Huh, okay. So being able to hear Rakugo in my own language, I was like, oh my god, let's go. And he performed like a third of one story. It was mostly him talking about his training and like telling jokes and like about Japanese culture and stuff, but I know all that shit. Yeah. I wanted to hear like some stories, you know. He told like a third of Jugemu, which is a... Famous story that I heard a couple times in the show. Okay. So that was really cool. Yeah. But I was kind of like... It's like a standard yeah. for this. He's doing a stint on Broadway until January, and he changes his story every month. And this month he's doing Shinigami, which is the plot point in the show. It's like the story. And I don't have time to see it. There's only like a week left of the month. Oh, so there goes sad. my once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm going to try and go see him in December. Mm. And hopefully he gets extended on Broadway because I would like love to go and yeah. see. But um, so it was good. I took the day off to go see this guy. Mm. Like I was really excited for it, and I'm happy I went. But I just wanted him to not lecture to me and to perform. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. You were hoping for just like a like a straight performance rather than the educational version. Because yeah, because you felt like you already had the background. Yes, not to sound like snooty. Like I already knew everything he said, but <laughs> the, it just goes to show that the anime did a fantastic job predicting the art because I knew everything he said Mm -hmm. down to like how many years in each section of his mentorship that's pretty interesting it was really cool yeah so I recommend that show um but I won't keep talking about this forever but the rest of the con was great I cosplayed on Saturday as Sara Ozma from Sara's On My so I was the crazy girl on the news and then on Sunday, I went as somebody from Fruits Basket that y'all don't know yet if you're watching the anime, so I'm not going to say, but they are my favorite Zodiac animal, and you will see them next season. Booyah. Cancer? It's the crab, right? No, no, no. <laughs> the Chinese Zodiac. Not oh, like... <laughs> okay, my bad. Yes, I cosplayed as Cancer. <laughs> no. If you must know, I was the horse. All right. But you don't know who that is. Nope. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it. Um, also, I've, I've been playing Pokemon Shield. I picked Grookey, and I've been loving it. I just beat the third gym, and I have a really cute trainer card and a cute kawaii pose. I picked up Sword, and I picked Sobble as my starter. 
I, yeah, as I mentioned already, I've been enjoying it, too. We need to battle after this, before I leave. All right. Okay. I'm going to get wrecked. No, they level everyone up to level 50. Yeah, but none of mine are evolved. It'll be fine. So I'm going to have, like, a level 50 charm. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll go through the weeklies. Usually I do this with my brother because we watch all the same things. But now I can just talk to you about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we didn't do this last week because my brother had something and I was traveling to the city. So I have, like, two weeks to go through for okay. most things. Um, okay, fam. You know what's coming. Chihaya Fudu. Man. Okay. Last week's episode... Phenomenal. I watched it four times. It was great. Wow. Yes. It was like... An episode, a single episode worth watching that many times. Four times. I watched it once, and the next day I watched it again, and then on the train going to the city, I watched it twice. I downloaded it to my phone. Um, So there's these two main characters. They make this car to club, blah, 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 and they're in the finals of like a professional, not, it's not professional, but of a major tournament, and they're playing each other in the finals. Okay. And there's also like a little romance thing going on, so tensions are high, and they just did such a fantastic job. And I read the manga, so I should know what happens, right? And I completely forgot everything. Like, I, I didn't even remember that they like battled each other. I was like screaming, I was actually screaming the entire episode. It was great. It's one, one, of, the best ana- one of the best episodes of the year, I think. Like, cool. I'm totally biased, though, so that's biased, but I loved it. Um, this week's episode was okay. Um, it was like a nice little, like, cool down, slice of life, little breather. Denouement. Yes. But, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, because, um, there's this big... Well, was it, like, the climax of the show? Like, is the show tapering down to an end? No. No, just that arc kind of ended. Another one starting where there's this big qualifier for, like, the Nationals. Okay. And it was the same week as the class trip. Okay. Which is a big thing in Japan. They go to, when you're in Tokyo, you go to Kyoto, and it's like this big thing. So um, the main character Chihaya wants to be a high school teacher when she grows up because she wants to run a karuta club because she's okay. crazy. Um, so she was like, "What kind of high school teacher would I be if I don't go on my own class trip?" And like she has like years and years and years to make the nationals and go. But the guy she beat in the tournament who wants to go to medical school doesn't have that time because he has to start focusing on exams. So this right. is his last chance. So she goes on the trip and realizes he's not there and he's in the tournament. So now I think we're going to follow... I should know because I read it, right? But I don't remember. <laughs> I think... <laughs> How gonna, long ago did you read it? A year. And I read it in like two days. Like uh, that's I probably like the problem. sped through that. It was yeah. so good. But... um. So I think this tournament's going to follow him and some of the side characters and leave okay. the main character out, which will be really interesting. And it's also a two-core show, so it's going to be two seasons of 12 episodes. Okay. So we're going to have it into 2020, so they have time to like let things breathe and move. So I okay. think it's a good pacing choice. Um, moving on, I didn't watch Vinland Saga again. I think I'm like four episodes behind. And that's really bad, and Thomas is going to be very mad at me, because apparently it's getting very good. This is one about Vikings. Right. And he's watched all of it so far. And he read the manga. Yeah, I hear about this from another mutual friend of ours. I hear about Vinland Saga. Oh, yeah, you you can say. Uh, Ganon. All right, yeah. 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 Ganon, everyone knows Ganon's in the orchestra, too. He's been on. All right. Yeah, we talked about that. Yep. Mm. So, didn't drop the ball on that one. Sorry, fam. I'm going to try. I feel like dropping it. But I know it's good, and every time I drop something, it gets good. 
Like I dropped Fire Force and it got better. I dropped Kometsu no Yaiba. Well, I didn't really drop it. I kind of just like forgot to watch it for the rest of the season and it became great. It's just stressful. In what way do you expect it? Do you expect Vinland Saga to get better? Something will happen. I feel like no, people have just been talking. Just the story getting more exciting? Yeah. Okay. Like just something happening. Um, I didn't watch My Hero this weekend, but I watched it last weekend. Um, we met, you know, My Hero. Nope. My Hero Academia? I mean, I know what it is. Yeah, that's, that's it. all you need to know. Um, this season's starting slow, which I don't hate because everything else has been so good. Like, I can't be freaking out over every show I watch. So it's nice to, like, have something be okay, <laughs> which is a really bad review. Yeah. But, um, it's... Usually my heroes like action, suspense, uh, and it's just like taking its time, mm -hmm. which I'm I'm fine with. This is yeah. also going to be a two core show, so okay. it can take its time. All right. We met Eri, which is the girl in the opening in ED that no one knows about but me because I read this part of the manga and I'm not going to say anything. All right, all right. All I'm going to say is um, Chiaki, the guy with the mask. He's a really bad guy. He's a really bad guy. In the episode you just watched. In in the show, he's a he's a really bad okay, guy. Okay, all right. Yeah, and um, I mean, he is a bad guy. Like he's, he's a, a villain? villain in okay. the show, all but right. like, he's really bad. Okay. And that's all I'm gonna say. Um, Blade of the Immortal, I did not watch. I'll get to it again. Sorry, guys. Um, the anime convention was just really good, and I bought a two hundred dollar Rurouni Kenshin statue. Nice. I'm regretting it. Is it of Kenshin? Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, there are other characters yeah. in that show that are cool. I haven't like, you could have gotten a Sanosuke statue. It with been the, awesome. Oh, with, with the, the Zanbato. Exactly. Yeah. I um haven't taken it out of the box yet because I want to get it a separate bookshelf in my room. <laughs> okay. So um, I feel like once I like set it up, I'm going to bring my sword back. I have Kenshin sword, a replica. Mm. And I have all the manga. And I'm going to make like a little shrine. A little Kenshin shrine. Yeah. Cool. And then I think it'll be worth it. Um. The word for shrine is Otera. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Didn't watch Blade of the Immortal, but I like Blade of the Immortal. It's, um, guys with swords, guys. All it's right. a samurai, like, Sengoku period show. Okay. This guy's immortal, and he teams up with this teenage girl who's trying to get revenge on the samurai clan. Not samurai clan, like, the kendo school. Okay. That killed her parents. Killed okay. her dad. Really, really disrespected and murdered her mom. Let's just say that. All right. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I'm then right cut off her head and sewed it to a guy's shoulder. It was messed up. Man. Yeah. Love the show, though. It's okay. a refreshing amount of gore. In the last episode I watched, the girl was sitting next to the campfire with, mm -hmm. like, this guy that said he would help her or whatever, and they're eating boar. And he, she's like, I never had boar before. This is pretty good. And he's like, yeah. And he kicks something out from under his seat, and it's her dog. And she kill, he killed her dog, and they were eating it. It was... That's kind of brutal. Mortifying. It's like a stomach drop for, uh, yeah, for her. Every once in a while, though, I kind of like that stuff. Okay. Yeah. So that was Blade of the Immortal last week. I understand. Yeah. Um, Food Wars was kind of stupid this week. It spent the whole episode telling us what we knew was going to happen. The main character won. Okay. But there was all this suspense in the battle like he was going to lose. And of course he's going to win. He's the main character. <laughs> so I kind of fast forward through most okay. of it. But um, now it's four on three. No. 
It's six on seven. The you don't know what I'm talking about, nope, but you can I just have say no idea. the rebel forces have seven, and the uh, evil people, I guess, the school council has six. So we're winning. But let's see what let's see what happens. I'm still looking forward to it. Okay. There's like uh, a lot of people got expelled, and these people were like, "Yo, don't expel these people." And the student council was like, "If you beat us in cooking." We won't expel them, but if you lose to us, we'll expel you. So it's 10 on 10, and okay. every time you lose, you're out. Okay. So one person could cook every time. Right. If as they long as they won 10 times in a row. They would win, yeah. Okay. So they do three on three. Yeah. So um, the first time we went, we won all three. The second time, they won all three. Mm -hmm. And then we won two this time. Mm -hmm. So they're down one more than we are. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Babylon. I've been hearing a lot of things about Babylon. Babylon is this, like, um, really weird, awesome, uh, psychological thriller crime drama okay. with, like, really interesting views on... The thing is, this guy comes into power and he makes a law saying suicide is legal and we should, like, enforce and help people commit suicide. Okay. And um, it's, like, all these philosophical things and there's, like, this crazy... I mean, that's very, like... Um socially like relevant as in, well, Japan. in Japan right mm -hmm. so yeah I mean that that reminds me of uh Battle Royale right the movies from the late 90s right uh or early aughts I forget exactly when they came out but anyway it reminds me of Battle Royale right which also takes place in kind of a dystopian future where someone comes into power and uses legal structures to talk about social problems in Japan at the time right right anyway sorry no 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 you're good you're on the podcast, The Talk, Sam. Guess what? You can totally talk whenever you want to. All right, all right. Um, but yeah, it's really good. This last episode has been crazy, apparently. Like, people love it, hate it. Both sides I'm hearing, but the main thing is, like, shit goes down this episode. And I personally, I, on purpose, purposely did not watch it, because I know Thomas hasn't gotten the chance to watch it. Mm. And I feel like I want to be at, like, the height of my hype to talk about it with him. So I've kind of just avoided it until... Because he was also a couple episodes behind because he's been busy with work. So um, I'm going to wait for him to catch up and then we're going to talk about it. Because it's taking a month break. The next episode comes out on December 30th for some reason. Okay. A lot of people think that they're waiting so they can release the rest of the show all at once. Oh, uh, okay. Which would be bonkers. But that's yeah. just a rumor, guys. That's just a rumor. So I can't say that for sure. Because um, they released the first three episodes at a time, and then took three weeks off, and then did one a week for three weeks, and now they're off for four weeks. It's very weird. Weird. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's on Amazon Prime if you're interested. It's very good. Oh. Um, Dr. Stone was good. I'm watching it in the dub. Y'all know that. What happened? Um, Sukasa's people came, and we made swords, and we beat them. It was right. great. Yeah, Dr. Stone's good. really weird, but it's super fun. Like, don't take it seriously, and you'll have a great time. Um, Kono Oto Tomare, which I haven't talked about in forever, because I'm usually Thomas is on the podcast, but now I rule the world. Um, is this one that he is not watching? He is not watching it. It's an anime about a Koto club. You know the Koto. Yeah, I do the know instrument. the Koto. Um, I have seen multiple Koto performances oh, in New cool. York City. I went to go see a jazz Kotoist once. Wow. Who played with hammers and stuff. It was pretty cool. That's neat. See, this Koto anime is not really about Koto. Okay. It's about 
drama. It's about relationships. Oh, uh, there's so much drama. It's about people. Okay. It's crazy. Yep. That's all there is to say constantly. It's just, there's, it, and it's never, it goes, it's not like it goes from zero to 60. It's at 60 the entire time. Okay. Like it never calms itself down. There's always something that's going to destroy the world in this show. It's crazy. Um, and I'm also watching Stars Align in, um, that's the Hoshii, I forgot the full Japanese name, um, in English. I'm watching the dub, I'm on episode four. It's about a light tennis club, a boys like tennis club in middle school, but it's actually like, like each kid, it's like pretty dark. Like each, like there's like abuse, like domestic abuse and all this stuff, and it's about how they like learn to cope with it and like kind of get through it through like their friendships and their club. I didn't expect that when I started because it looks like a silly like slice of life anime, but it's been surprising me. So I've been really enjoying it. Um, Good. Yeah, that's it. I didn't realize um, Sam and I both are sitting across a table from each other with paper and pencil because we're taking notes on things to talk about. I didn't realize how much stuff I was watching until I wrote it down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, including Vinland Saga, so basically eight. <laughs> Interesting. Go me. All right, Sam, thank you for listening to me talk. Yes. Sure. So what we usually do when we have a new host on the show, a new host, congrats, you've beaten my brother. You are the new host. Um, <laughs> we usually, a guest host. A guest host, yes, co-host. We do um, interview with an anime fan. Okay. So it's very simple. I'm going to ask you some questions and you're going to an answer them. All right. I'm able to do that probably. In the zone? Yeah. Good to go? Uh-huh. All right. Let's start. How did you get into anime? So that's a good question. So um, anime has been something that I've been like aware of since I was like five years old. So uh, back in the mid-90s, uh, I was aware of a couple of cartoons that were just broadcast in syndication on you know American TV channels. Uh, that I knew through, you know, relatives and friends, I knew culturally they weren't like other cartoons. I knew that they were classified as Japanimation, right? That's what I used right. to call it when I was younger, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that was a more common term in the 90s. Um, so in particular, the first two Japanimation things I remember watching were um, uh, a show called Ronin Warriors, Okay, I've heard of it. Um, which was broadcast originally, I think, in, like, 1995 mm -hmm. uh, here in the States. And uh, I also remember watching a Mega Man cartoon that I'm pretty sure was Japanese. I could research that maybe and find out. But anyway, so, and then furthermore, uh, I remember I would go to the video store and rent uh, Totoro frequently. Oh, okay. Um, see, I don't love that movie. See, I, see, I grew up with Totoro. Right? I guess From the time when, I was like five or six years old, my family would rent it and we would watch it together, right? I guess when you're a kid, it's different. The first time I watched that movie, I was 15. Maybe. I think it's a great movie anyway. I still enjoy it, and I, I'd talk about that at length with you if you're interested. I but hate screaming children. I understand, but disagree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, so I... so. Ronin Warriors, Totoro, Mega Man. They were like, so there were these things that I knew of as Japanimation, mm -hmm. right? When I really started to get into, like, when I really started to appreciate just how different anime was, though, and start to get into anime for anime's sake or whatever, uh, or, you know. No, uh, well said. Appreciate it more for its, or appreciate its differences from American 
cultural traditions of animation or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Uh, came in the later 90s, uh, in the early aughts. Uh, in the late 90s, Cartoon Network did Toonami, right? Oh, they yeah. They started Toonami. And That's to- what everyone on this show says. Right. Well, Toonami... <laughs> so I started watching Toonami when it first started airing. Mm-hmm. When it first started airing, it was, I think, 50-50 American cartoons and Japanese ones. Uh, Thundercats was American. Yes. And Thundercats was one of the first things they showed. Um, but they also showed very early on Voltron. Uh, I don't remember that. Voltron was one of the first shows they did, and so was a show called Robotech. And Robotech is a complicated show. Um, it's kind of American, kind of Japanese. For the people, well, I mean, no one can see this right now. He is sitting next to a box set of all of Robotech. <laughs> just for um, for context. Please Coincidentally. Con- <laughs> please continue. Yeah, uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's a show called Robotech. Which is, anyways, yeah, so I started to kind of learn and appreciate more about that. Also, I started watching, like, uh, just as Toonami aged over the years, right, it became much more specialized in Japanese stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You got Moroni Kenshin on there, you got, like, Tenshi Muyo, you had, Sorry. you know, all these different, you had the Gundam shows show up there. G Gundam. Yeah, well, for me, it was Gundam Wing. Shining but... finger! <laughs> With this hand. There you go. Oh, it's I, so good. Yeah. That show was something else. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, yeah, so it was it was a lot of that stuff, right? And then from there, just, you know, pretty organic. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Did, have you seen the um, Voltron remake on Netflix? I have not. I've only seen the 70s Voltron. Okay, I watched it. I have one more season left. I don't know why I haven't just finished it. It's very yeah. good. It got a little crazy in the end of whatever season I just watched. For, just watched. It's been like two years, four. Yeah. But every time I think about Voltron, I'm like, yeah, I should just like finish watching it but i haven't yet actually i do have one good thing to share or one along this vein yeah yeah. one thing that made me appreciate how different uh japanimation was Mm -hmm. from american cartoons uh i came to understand this is kind of funny i guess but i came to understand that japanese cartoons anime would treat different subject matters than american cartoons would okay because me and a friend i used to live uh basically like, I used to live three miles on the border of Mexico. I was going to ask you about this. Good. Okay, yeah. Go, go, go. I used to live three miles... Well, you can ask me... Anyway, I used to live three miles from the border of Mexico, and my friends and I would intercept Mexican TV channels with our rabbit ears on our TVs, right? Mm-hmm. And we would watch Mexican TV, and we really enjoyed watching Mexican TV because it was crazy and all kinds of insane stuff happened. And for the record, most of my friends I would do this with were fluent in Spanish, and so they understood what was going on, even if I didn't. <laughs> Uh, but one of the things, one of the shows that we would watch together, intercepting these airwaves, was Ranma One Half, hmm. which played on Mexican TV, like uncensored, right. unedited, you know, whatever, right? And there's like a lot of nudity, right? Yeah, and well, and just the subject matter in general yeah. is just like you know, it, it's something that American cartoons won't do, or at least wouldn't have done in the in the '90s, you know. So. I was going to ask how it was since um, you lived so close to the Mexican border and you yeah. were able to watch anime in Spanish. Yes. And I know um, it was like a really long time ago, mm-hmm. but yeah. how was it? Do you think about like how differently everything happened in like the three languages? Like you, you read the subtitles, you can watch dubs and you have a little bit of that mm-hmm. Spanish an- anime background. I was mm-hmm. just wondering if you could talk about that for a bit. Yeah, well, it was... Um... When you dub something, right, Mm -hmm. you have an opportunity. You don't have to, obviously, but you have an opportunity to kind of change the characterization 
of your characters, right? Yeah. You can have a new voice actor do a different inflection. You can change the script altogether, right? Yeah. There are a lot of different things that you can do. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's like, so for example, a lot of people know Goku. Goku is a good example in Dragon Ball Z. Oh my right? God, yeah. Because Goku in the United States is a man. It, exactly, <laughs> right? But in Japan, everyone knew the character from the time he was a little boy or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And they kept the same voice actress throughout his entire adult life, right? He sounds crazy. <laughs> so that's a big difference, right? Yeah. A lot of people have a hard time with Japanese Goku because they're like, why is Goku a woman? Or, you know, but... Do you know how Goku sounds in Spanish? I don't remember. The The character that I remember best, uh, embarrassingly, is Nappa. What? No, Nappa's <laughs> the best! Not embarrassingly! Like, I, and I don't know. I don't know why I remember Nappa. Because, like, most of the episodes... I So the reason that I would watch Dragon Ball Z, in particular, mm-hmm. on Mexican TV, is because they were ahead of the American broadcast. Oh, get those spoilers! Exactly. and But eventually, they got so far ahead. America was slow on the licensing, so, like, America was doing reruns of the Saiyan saga and stuff in Dragon yeah. Ball Z uh, when the Mexican TVs just went on. And so... We were in Namek by the time. <laughs> well, so, in 1999... Uh, the American team, uh, Toonami was, like, just getting into, like, the beginning of the Frieza saga, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by that year, by 1999, the Mexican TV stations I was watching were at Boo. Wow. Right. And so, like, I had a lot of inside knowledge. I was, you know, I was like, oh, man, there's this guy, he's Satan, and he comes in, <laughs> and, you know, like, he has ice breath, and all this, you know, all this crazy stuff. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, final question before we get into our topic of the week, which is very much basically what we're talking about a bit. But okay. No spoilers. Um, what's your favorite anime? Oh, what? That's a hard question. That's a really hard question. Name a few. Give me a handful. I like Gurren Lagann a I know, lot. We just rewatched that together recently. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, Gurren Lagann is super special. Guys, I'm trying to convince him to go see Promare. Yeah. You should go. Yeah, I probably should go. Yeah, so Gurren Lagann is really special. I like it a lot. It's well put together. It's not too long. It's like, you know, because other anime that I've watched uh, can get a little on the long-winded side. There's, yeah. like, filler and stuff. And, like, that always kind of, like, sits kind of poorly with me, right? Where it's, like, I like things that are, like, intentionally constructed start to finish, like, every element planned out, kind of. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, like, Dragon Ball, for instance, which is, like, five, it's five seasons, right? But there's, like, there's definite filler in there, you know? Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, is it Gurren Lagann? Uh, I mean, that was the first one you said. It was. So I guess confidently. What, I'm, what I'm thinking of in particular are uh, TV series, right? If we go yeah, to, we don't have to do movies. If we go to anime movies, my answer changes significantly. But in terms of TV series, it might be Gurren Lagann. Okay. What's it, your favorite anime that movie? Or Dragon Ball. Or what's your favorite anime movie? Uh, it's going to be one of the Miyazaki movies. Um, Fair. Yeah, I like that guy a lot. Um, and <laughs> at that, it's probably going to be Mononoke. Like, that's that's great. Yeah, Mononoke is just, it's such a brutal movie that just, like, it's it's brutal, but at the same time, it's extraordinarily compassionate. And that's something about the movie that has continued to impress me over time. It, it has an ending that, like, wouldn't happen in American media, you know? Mm-hmm. The way that um, uh, the woman who runs the mining town i'm forgetting her name right now yeah me too um but the woman who runs the mining town right the way that she's spared 
you know? Like, she isn't killed. And that's, that's so different, you know? Like, and I don't know. Yeah, in American stories, the bad guys lose, right? Right. And they, they have to, like, lose everything, right? But in this Japanese story, she just learns a lesson, kind of, right? And she's able to grow. And she and, and furthermore, throughout the whole movie, of course, she has very redeeming qualities, right? Even yeah. though she is definitely the villain and she's ruthless, like, you know, you're meant to sympathize with her because she does really good things, too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anyway, yeah, so I really love Princess Mononoke. That's probably my favorite anime movie. Nice. When yeah. um, Mike and I met, we were talking about Ghibli movies, and I had never seen Nausicaa, and mm-hmm. he had never seen Mononoke, mm-hmm. so we traded. Yeah. And it was like the one best trade ever. Yeah, those are um, both fantastic. And they're very similar yes. in their yeah. messages, mm-hmm. and like we watched them, and we were just like, we, we basically, in a way, kind of just watched the same movie. Yep. But wow, like, yeah. I always think about that when... Mononoke or Nausicaa comes up like because we had that like it was such a one-for-one that we didn't realize was even happening until it happened it was very cool so many of Miyazaki's movies cover such a similar subject matter right yeah so many of his movies are about this like conflict between nature and civilization and And anime NYC a lot of people were cosplaying as Hayao Miyazaki really they looked amazing (laughs) that's great they had the hair and the beard and they wore glasses and the apron Oh, yeah. It was, like, amazing. Huh. One guy dressed up as him, perfect, and he was holding a sign that said anime was, was a, a mistake. mistake. Yep. It was really good. Yep. I, I also appreciate that about him, that he is very, uh, like, he saw himself as kind of continuing the tradition of Walt Disney or something, right? He's, I hope not. I think he did, right? He, like, looked up to Walt Disney? Yeah, I mean, because oh. of course you did. Like, if you were an animator in the 1950s and 60s, right, yeah. when Miyazaki started his career, right? Like, of course you look up to Walt Disney and his company, right? Because they're making the landmarks in animation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, from, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves in the 1930s, 30s, to yeah. Sleeping Beauty in the 50s and stuff, right? Like, they were always pushing the bounds of what animation technology could do and the types of stories and things you could, right. communi- you could communicate that way. So I think he always saw himself as, like, just, you know, someone continuing the worldwide tradition mm-hmm. of animation rather than a specifically japanese one cool when people say he's the um disney of japan yeah it it rubs me the wrong way and i don't know why yeah well it's because disney here has become such a like branding monopoly right like disney here is such i mean like you can even refer to disney as like almost like a an adjective right oh it has a real disney ending or disney feel that's true yeah and, like, Disney has such, like, a cheesy or, like, cynical because of the marketing aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Ghibli kind of doesn't have that. Right. Ghibli it is... It could totally... In I bet if you were in Japan and, like, you probably get ads up to your butt and all the merchandise and stuff. But being far enough away from it where we don't get that, <laughs> well, um, Ghibli definitely has that more whimsical vibe. Well, having been to Japan... I did see a little bit of that around. Right. But when I go, I want to go to the museum really bad. I want to go to the museum too, and I'm disappointed I didn't get to go when I was there. Mm. But, um, yeah. Cool. Thank you for um, participating in this interrogation. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. So we have a topic for this week. Um, Sam and I are in the gamer orchestra together. He plays the oboe and bassoon, I play the flute, piccolo, and baton. 
And castanets. Ah, yes. Can't forget about the castanets. And um, so we've become good friends, and we've gone to see a lot of movies together. So we've been basically doing Ghibli Fest 10 months out of the 12 months of the year. Yeah. So like once a month, we get a group of gamer guys together, and we go watch a Ghibli movie in theaters. Um, or other animals. Or other, yeah. We, we saw Mirai. Millennium Actress. Mm. Mm. Uh, silent Voice. Yes. So I'm broadening the gamers' minds to more anime. I'm making a difference in the world, guys. <laughs> Be proud of me. And we all appreciate it. Yeah. But um, so we've been going to see a lot of movies. And um, like I said in the beginning, Sam's a really smart guy. Um, how many languages do you know, Sam? Okay, I'm... I'm... Basically fluent in three languages, but I spe I've studied nine. There we go. That's good, right? And he studied a good amount of Japanese. Yes. And I've studied a good amount of Japanese. Probably less than you. Ah, uh, no, I think I've studied less than you, actually. Thank you. The, the feather is in my cap. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we've been going to see these movies, and it'll be like the sub on Monday, the dub on Wednesday, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll go whenever we can make it. So we've seen a couple subs, a couple dubs. And then in our own time, like growing up or watching them later, we've kind of seen the opposites. Like I've seen the sub and dub of Kiki's Delivery Service. I've seen the sub and dub of Spirited Away. And also in regards to a lot of television shows, we've seen both. And as a guy who knows a lot of languages and as a girl who just has a good memory um, and notices things like this, we're going to go through some... Movies and television shows that we've noticed major either choices or changes in dialogue through the localization from Japanese to English or the other way around. Right? That's sure. basically what we decided on? Yeah. Okay. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I think I said that right. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Do you want to start off? That's why we both have pen and paper. We have our lists. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to start off with the classic just to get everyone in the mind of what's happening. All right. You're watching Pokemon. Brock's holding a plate of rice balls, and he says, man, I love jelly donuts. <laughs> In a nutshell, that is what bad localization is. But there can be good localization, and there can just there can be neutral localization or directorial changes that I, I have some written down that are just different but not necessarily bad. Yeah. Right? So what do you have there? I'm not sure I have these organized in such a way that's like good, bad, or neutral or anything Well, we like can that, talk so. about it and then we can decide. Right. Or we can not have an opinion. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, can, we can vote on uh, yeah. uh, each example. Vote now on up. your phones. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, all right. So the first example that I wanted to bring up. So I'm just going to do – I have a handful here from uh, Ghibli movies. So I, I figure that's I, a reasonable place to start. Yeah, I figured it would be a good segue. All right, yeah, so I have, um, so one of the biggest, like, controversy, or I'll give this example first, this is a lightweight one. Okay. So there's a scene where, uh, the monk in, uh, in Princess Mononoke. Okay. I forget his name, too. His name Jiro or something. The monk. Yeah, the guy who is at leading the group of hunters for the king who wants to go and kill the god. Uh, oh, yeah, the guy who makes the soup in the beginning. Exactly. So he makes the soup for Prince Ashitaka, right? Yeah. Which is a great back to health. Which is a great name to scream, by the Ashitaka? way. Ashitaka. Some of my favorite parts of the movie is just people screaming Ashitaka. Well, you know, and that's so. This is another great thing about that movie. Going back to what I said earlier about the mm -hmm. villains being relatable or being humanized, right? This monk, he feeds and nourishes Ashitaka. He actually, in fact, saves him. Yeah. In that one scene as well, right? Uh, so we're, we're made to very much appreciate him as a character, but 
Anyway, uh, but anyway, there's a scene where he is in town and he's getting some soup mm-hmm. for himself. He's buying some soup, right? I think it's a scene where he meets Ashitaka. Ashitaka is going in. He's trading like a pellet of gold for some rice, right? Right. And everyone freaks out about the gold. Uh, but before that, the monk is seen getting some soup, right? And um, in the American script, he says, uh, this tastes like hot water. Right, mm-hmm. which is meant to in, communicate to the Americans that this soup is so thin, you know, it's, it's so bad. it's bad, right? It's like, what are you selling me here? All you've done is boil water. You didn't put any like real stock or vegetables or anything in this, right? Yeah, meat, you know. Um, but the Japanese version of the script says this tastes like donkey piss. Okay. Which is a, a slightly different uh, connotation. Interesting. Yeah. So this is like a. Yeah, is this a, am I allowed to say that word on this? Piss? Yeah. Oh, we curse all the time here. Okay. And that's a very good word. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that was, um, so that was, um, that was the first example I wanted to bring up. It's pretty lightweight, but it's, a uh, it's an example of a possibly changed characterization. Yeah. Did we see Princess Mononoke in Japanese when we went, or did we see it in English? We went to go see it with Ganon. Yeah. And we saw it in, uh, Japanese. I huh. believe. Okay. I haven't seen Princess Mononoke enough to know okay. the differences. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, that's one of the biggest ones that I know of. Yeah. Because, you know, just like, because it's just, it's like a funny line, right? Yeah. In context. Like, and, and the English line feels so unnaturally English. Like, this tastes like hot water. Like, no one would say that. Right. In English, what you would say is like, this sucks. Or you would say like, <laughs> this soup is so thin. Or like, did you put anything in here? You know, yeah. like, no one would think to say, this tastes like hot water. Right. But, yeah. Cool, cool. But the Japanese one is a little more natural. <laughs> so that's a translation thing. We'll stick with Ghibli movies. I'm going to save this one for last. Okay. Um, this is I, more yeah, of a... I have non-Ghibli examples as well. But... Okay. This is more of a choice than a translation thing. Um, in Kiki's Delivery Service, I had only seen the movie in English until we saw it last year or the year before, I don't remember, yeah, in Japanese. And in English, Gigi the cat is voiced by an old man, and it's okay. hilarious. And in Japanese, Gigi sounds like a cat, like it's yeah. a fem- feminine, like, high voice. Mm-hmm. What a choice. <laughs> like, when Gigi started talking and actually sounded like a cat, I w- my jaw was on the ground. I just did not believe it. And I think, who made that choice? How did that make you feel about the character? Like, what... what... I thought he was funnier as an old man. Yeah. I think that has something to say with, like, the diff- difference in comedy. Yeah. From one side to the other. Well, it's possible, like, when Miyazaki is directing it, right? He wants it to be more naturalistic or something, mm-hmm. right? And so he wants, oh, it should have a cat voice, right? Yeah, it's for the children. I feel like sometimes, a good amount of the time, I think now, um, American animation, when they're making a kid's movie, they'll also think about the adults. Mm-hmm. So they'll add something in there to be like, ah! Well, I think that the old man speaks not necessarily to adults or kids, but to, uh, like, an American comedic sensibility. That's what I was saying as well, yeah. Yeah, the old man uh, kind of intensifies any humor that's already there, right? Because it's because of the mismatch, right? That makes it funny. Exactly, yeah. Just the contrast between an old man and this little cat. Yeah. So that was the biggest thing I took from that movie. I was like, Gigi is actually a cat. It was just really weird. And the um, voice actor in 
English. I don't know his name. He's some guy from Saturday Night Live. Okay. Whoa. Sure. It's just like crazy. Well, you know, those people are actors. They're professional yeah. actors. All right. My turn? Your turn. All right. And I'm going to give another small example. That's so, what I gave a cat example. In The Wind Rises, there's a scene where, uh, there's a scene where uh, the main character has to leave uh, to go take care of an errand or something. And it's when he's at school. But mm-hmm. it's implied that he and his classmates are seniors at the school, right? And in the Japanese version, uh, one of his friends calls over to another guy and says, Hey, can you come here? I need to ask you something. Right? It's very okay. polite. But in the uh, American version, in the dub, he instead says, Hey, freshman, get over here. And he like, starts hazing him. He like makes fun of him for being oh. a freshman. So they replaced, like, an entire block of dialogue that was relating to how his classmates felt compassion for him, the main <laughs> character, about, like, oh, he takes himself way too seriously, or he, t- he takes his studies way too seriously or something, right? And then, like, having compassion and empathy for him, right? Uh-huh. They took a whole scene of that and just replaced it with hazing a freshman. Because, like, the American dub writers felt that the movie wasn't funny enough, right? They felt like, really, it's a cartoon. People aren't going to go see it if it's not funny, right? Wow. So they had to put in extra jokes, right? That gets me mad. Yeah. I've only seen The Wind Rises in English. Oh, I saw it once in theaters in English. Mm -hmm. It was crazy because Mike and I went and saw it at the same time. Yeah, I saw. Were you not in the same theater? I saw it. It was before. It was I was in college, so Uh I was home for the summer. Okay, I saw it with my mom on Long Island, and he saw it with his mom. We're both super cool Um, (laughs) in Connecticut at the same time. Nice. And I walked out, and I called him after. I was like, "What did you think of the movie? Oh my god, blah blah blah." I said like, "Joseph Gordon-Levitt did a pretty good job." He was like, "What?" And I was like, why? He he saw it at the exact same time in Japanese. That's great. And I saw it in English. So, of course, I don't remember any part of that conversation now, but that was just like, we were like, so what actually happened in yours versus what happened in mine? It was mostly the same, so I don't remember that. Well, that's a little detail, right? Because that conversation takes place over like 10 seconds or something, right? Right. But it's like a 10-second thing that like the dubbers were like, oh, we can cut this out. It's not important. The audience already understands he takes his lessons seriously. We can put in a joke, right? It's like they're looking Such for a opportunities. Bummer. Yeah. Um, so you saw it in both. Both. Yep. I, I have one written down that I want to confirm with you before I say it. Okay. The other people from let's say the Germans. Huh? Did they speak Japanese? They spoke they spoke German. Okay. Yeah, in the in yeah, and I loved it. In I, of Eng- course I, I speak German. So. In English they also spoke German. Yes. So yep. I was gonna say like and but everyone it was cool. Did they Everyone, like the Italian guy in the dream, he had a really thick Italian accent. Yes, yep. Did and, he in uh, the Japanese? Yeah, they made it a point to show in the subtitles that, you know, he was like saying things in like an unnatural way, right? Oh, okay, interesting, yeah. yeah. That was something and, uh, I was going to bring up as a good choice to kind of like in, like bring you into the, the world more, like having the other people actually speak their languages or yep. sound like where they're actually from. Because I feel like a lot of the times, it's either like stereotyping racisty, yeah, or they just don't do it at all. Well, it was interesting. That was such a good movie for that because, like, it there's of course the the title of the movie comes from a French poem mm-hmm. that the main character reads at one point on a train, right? Yeah, Le Vent right? And it, it was so great to it, it was so 
it was so great to hear that like French in both versions as well, right? Yeah. Um, one thing that is interesting about the localization of that is that sometimes different languages mean different things to different people, right? Right. So there are times that like when you're translating something, like if if for example in a Japanese piece of media, right, they quote something in Chinese, right? Mm-hmm. If you were to dub that into English, you might have the main script in English and then have a quote in French or something, right? Right. Because you need to have, like, a... Similar relationship. Yeah. Hmm. But it, this was an interesting example, Wind Rises, because it was a modern set movie that was kind of sh- taking place at the beginning of globalization, sort of, yeah. right? So, anyway. That movie was good. When my was. mom and I saw it, we were the only two people in the theater. Yeah, I went to full theaters for it. Wow. Because it was playing... Uh, my university town has an art theater mm-hmm. uh, that is a one-screen theater, right? Cool. And it's a, it's a landmark in the area, so it was full both nights that I went to go see it, so... That's awesome. awesome. It was really good. Great. You have one? Yeah. Uh, I think I'm... Oh, I have barely one more for movies, and then I have two TV shows. Okay, I have, like, five more examples. Let's go. All right. (laughs) All right, I'll try and do this one. Uh, Oh, this one's a big one, though. All right. No rush. There's no rush. Another Ghibli example. Okay. Um, In Nausicaa, there's a scene towards the end Uh where the main character prays. Uh, She prays for, essentially protection as something very critical is happening right right i remember the scene and in japanese she says kazegami wind god exactly which makes sense given the context of the film Mm -hmm. right that she's from the valley of the winds right and all the windmills and the all the flying machines and you know wind god right kazegami right yeah and that plays into the way like the kind of animist spiritual traditions of shinto or something like that right that are native to japan or in Miyazaki's world that he built, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it so it fits in that way, right? Yeah. When they dubbed that into English, they had her say, "God, please protect me," which is an interesting change, right? Because it when you say just God like mm-hmm. that, it invokes a monotheistic yeah uh, kind of connotation. And so people, uh, people that I was watching it with at the time were familiar with, like, Japanese spiritualism, right? Mm-hmm. And I was watching the English version with them because they, they were like, I don't want to read. I want to re- watch it in English, right? Mm. But, then they, uh, but then when they watched it in English, they were, like, distracted by that utterance. They were like, wait a minute. Like, I haven't seen any, like, crucifixes or, any, you know, whatever, yeah. right? Like, when you, when you hear that phrase, particularly from a Western perspective, you right. think of it through a Judeo-Christian lens, right? Mm-hmm. And so when they heard that, they were like, that's weird, because this is obviously a fantasy movie, you know, and yeah. there's like no Judeo-Christian symbolism anywhere. When was so. that dubbed? The early 90s? All right, so this gets into another point that I was going to bring up. Keep going. So Nausicaa has been dubbed twice. Yes, it has. Shia LaBeouf was in one of them. Yes, so the newest dub was the one that Shia LaBeouf was in. Um, and that one is the one that says, God, please protect me, uh-huh. right? Um, the original dub of Nausicaa is a famous example, or infamous potentially, example of uh, bad localization. Oh, uh, no. So they recut the movie uh, mm. to be about 20 minutes shorter. Wow. Um, they recut it so that Pazu, the prince of the kingdom, whatever, uh-huh. so that he was the main character. 
because... I've heard of this. Yeah, because they didn't believe that, you know... Women. Exactly. They were like, a girl, you know. Anyway, so... Uh, but they recut it so that Pazu is the main character. They tried to, like, tone down a lot of the other elements of the movie to make it more just, like, a straightforward, like, action romp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was called something weird. I don't remember. That's but. called bad localization. Yeah, that was definitely... That's egregious. It'd be interesting to watch those back-to-back and just laugh. I want to get my hands on a copy of that. There are a handful of things out there that I want to get copies <laughs> of that, like, are hard to get copies of now. Right, right. Yeah. That's so one of them. I have one more example of, like, really egregious localization. Okay. That's in the same vein. So, um, back in the 80s, Dragon Ball, somebody, somebody in the United States tried to bring Dragon Ball to the United States mm-hmm. in the 1980s as it was being aired in Japan. Yeah. And, uh... They didn't really succeed. They didn't get very far in the project. But the two of the changes I know about that they made to Dragon Ball was they renamed uh, Goku. His name became Zero. And wow. they, they also renamed Korin, who's the cat who lives on the tower. Yeah. Right? They renamed Korin to Whiskers the Magic Cat. <laughs> I'm a patriot. I like, I love America. Uh-huh. A lot of times I hear the national anthem and start crying. I hate America. Yeah, like that. Man! <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, an embarrassing moment. That's a little rough. Yep. Whiskers the Magic Cat, fam. Yep. Man. Dragon Ball, yeah. Goku was naked for most of Dragon Ball. He, and there's some, there's some, like, great, <laughs> And you see the ween. Well, there's some great scenes of him urinating, too, that are, Yeah, like, he pees all the time. Yeah, he does. And, uh, yeah. In Dragon Ball Z, Gohan is, like, peeing, mm-hmm. and then turns it, because he sees the moon while he's peeing, and yep. that's when he turns into the... Yep. Man. That's something that I kind of appreciate about Dragon Ball, is that, like, it's so much, like, the, the, the you know, the first five seasons of the original show, right, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball, because it's so, like... There's so many sequences of just Goku hanging out, you know? And those are those are my favorite sequences in the whole show. When I think about the parts of that show that, like, I would love to go back and rewatch, mm-hmm. it's not, like, the big fight sequences. Right. It's not, like, the intrigue or whatever. The, the, the scenes that I like are when Goku is just having fun flying around on a cloud and stuff. Like, yeah. those are the fun parts of the show. I but, love the power yeah. pole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Red Ribbon Army arc. So good. Yeah. Uh, do you know what it's called in Japanese? I it's used to know. The Nyoibo. Oh, okay. Nyoibo. Nyoibo. Yeah. I've definitely seen that written. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, my quick one, this isn't even, this is in Japanese and English. I just don't know why. Recently we saw Whisper of the Heart. Why is Country Road the theme song? It's by John Denver. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song. Well, I just don't get it. Well, you know, I don't know. Uh, that, I mean, I don't even know who directed that. I don't think it was Miyazaki. It was not. It was a Ghibli movie. But, like, why? <laughs> you know, different uh, different songs take heart in different places. And I think that's part of the point, right? So part of the point of, of choosing that song for that movie is the contrast, again, with the setting, right? Because it takes place in hyper-urban Tokyo, right? Yeah. Like, the main character lives in, on, like, you know, the 15th story of a high-rise apartment building, right? Like, super dense, right? Everywhere you look around, it's just concrete everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. She references in the song, Yeah. Right? Uh, so for her, it's, 
using that song is a very poignant way of saying like that this is a universal theme right it's mm-hmm. transcending her uh environment to talk about something universal right hmm. if she had written if it had been some other song about like i you know or if it had been some other song that was more about her like direct urban environment yeah. right then it might not have come across as metaphorical right mm-hmm. it might have come across straight as oh yeah she really loves the city or something right right but her writing an ode about the country when she never once in the whole movie goes to the country right, right. her right like singing this ode about the country is her expressing that there are deeper themes here that are important and meaningful to hmm. her thank you yeah that's just like i don't know the first time i watched that movie as you know i did not love it i thought it was a little cringy okay um ooh, someone's oh is that you yeah is that your discord it's you too Oh, yeah. Thomas just posted in the Discord, guys, and that's the notification we just got. Thanks, man. And it's a One Piece meme. Very on brand. <laughs> but, um, anyway, I don't know. I've been thinking about that song a lot recently, so I just thought I'd write it down. Cool. A- out of the context of the movie. But, uh, anyway, it's just weird to when you think you're watching, like, a Japanese movie and then suddenly... Like, such an American song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird. Oh, it's hard to predict, too, which ones make a huge splash in Japan, right? There's yeah. There's some, like, artists who are huge in Japan who aren't here. Avril Lavigne. Yeah. Huge in Japan. She did some music for a couple One Piece movies. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Huge in Japan. Um, I'm going to go on to television shows. Do you have any more movies? You... Yes. Sort of. Yeah. Um, Take the lead. All right. Well, the this is another example of maybe bad localization. It's, okay. It's the same thing we were talking about before. I was going to bring up the Mamoru Hosoda Digimon movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How they turned three movies right. into one movie. Right. So Mamoru Hosoda, the director of Mirai no Mirai mm-hmm. and Summer Wars and... he is All of his work is double play approved. Yeah. Girl yeah. Who Left Through Time. Yeah. Boy and... Beast? Boy and the Beast, yeah. And I'm missing one. Wolf Children. Oh, I love that one. It's a good I love movie. Wolf Children, yeah. So that director, mm-hmm. uh, before he uh, did started his own studio, Studio Chizu, and started doing his own uh, original movies, he worked uh, on a handful of other anime properties, right? Right. And one of the ones he worked on in the late 90s was Digimon. And so he made a, a handful of short Digimon movies. I think they were like each an hour long or something. Uh, when these were released in the United States, they were all re-edited so that all three of them fit together in, like, under 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, and they released it as and, one And they released it in like, theaters, wow, yeah. Wow, theatrical release. Okay. Yep. Uh, I remember going to see it with one of my brothers, and it was a great time. But, uh, so the artwork in it is outstanding still, but they changed the, like, they, comp- anyway, yeah, it, it's a bit painful to watch. I mean, when you're taking three separate plots, putting them into one movie and trying to make it be cohesive. Right. That's a problem as well. Yeah. (laughs) But the script is the biggest problem. Mm. Did we watch the whole thing together or only parts of it? We watched the first two parts of three. Yeah. And the the thing that makes it hard to watch is the American script is just puns. (laughs) The entire thing is just dad jokes forever. 
I love America. Right. And, like, you know that the Japanese... I haven't actually seen it in Japanese, so I don't know. I can't confirm that the Japanese script is Imagine if it's jokes. all dad jokes in Japanese. But I assume it isn't knowing Hosoda's other work. I assume that it's at least a little bit more serious about, like, the danger they're in and the adventure and the yeah. struggle and stuff, right? As opposed to just the whole thing is dad jokes. And, like, the most inappropriate scenes. There's, like... There's a scene of a monster rampaging through Tokyo, and all of these children characters making jokes about it the whole time. Like, this is like Jurassic Park! And, like, you know, it's just terrible stuff. Oh my god. Anyway. Yeah. Good! No, yeah. And, um, just, like, as a note, because I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast before, the Digimon movies are Summer Wars. Yes. Yeah, they they have, like, the same plot... The same animation, mm-hmm. like what I um two years ago, Sam and I had a great summer. We watched all of Hosoda's films leading up to Mirai, and I showed him Summer Wars, and he said, "Holy crap!" I've seen it before. I've seen this before. It's the Digimon movie. Yeah. And then he showed me the Digimon movie, and I said, "Holy crap! You were right. It's the Digimon movie." Yeah. So, so it's just cool to see like he finally made the movie he wanted to. Yep. Yeah, uh, Summer Wars is like him coming back to that idea he had for the Digimon movie and being like, I can make something that is much better this time. Good, and he did, because Summer Wars is great. And that's how we started playing Hanafuda. Yes. We haven't played in a while. Which goes to another example I have. Take it away, look at us with the segues! Yeah, so another Dragon Ball example. So Dragon Ball, Uh of course, has, uh, so I told, I mentioned already the original, uh, dubbing attempt with Zero and Whiskers the Magic Cat. I actually traumatically blocked it out. Thank you for reminding oh, me again. Oh, well, now you're reminded. <laughs> um, but uh, Dragon Ball was then dubbed later into uh-huh. English, right? Uh, when it was broadcast on Toonami and stuff. Uh, and that script, as well, was very different than the Japanese script. So I've, I've seen Dragon Ball in English, and I've seen it in Jap. I've watched it in Japanese with subtitles as well, right? Uh, and the Japanese script is, so this is a funny example where maybe it's the reverse. The Japanese script is full of puns, right? Huh. In Japanese, right? That are hard to get across in English. And so the English script often just chooses to ignore that and replace it with a different joke or something. Right. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of other cultural references that show up in the Japanese version that just don't translate to America. So one example, Hanafuda. There's an episode of they Dragon Ball. play Hanafuda? No, but there's an episode of Dragon Ball where uh, Goku has to catch a monster that's rampaging through town. You've the, told me about this. The Inoshikacho. Yeah. Which is the boar butterfly deer. 15 point combo. Right. The best combo or whatever that you can get. It's not actually the best, but the, uh, a good combo you can the get. The curtain and, and the moon is the best. Yes, it is. Right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but but uh, a great combo you can get in Hanafuda, a classic combo, is, you know, Shikacho. If you're a fan of Naruto, you've heard that before. It's the Team 8, Ino, Shikamaru, and Choji. They have a family line where all three of all three of those families work together because they are one of the greatest combos in Hanafuda. Cool. I yeah. didn't know that. That's oh, nice. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. It's real cool. Choji, like, literally his, like, super move, he turns into a giant butterfly and, like, destroys people. Cool. It's very cool, yeah. Well, so anyways, yeah, that's that's Sorry. another example from Dragon Ball, right? But there's there's that happens all over Dragon Ball, is that there are mm-hmm. just uh, Japanese puns or Japanese cultural references that are just, you can't get it across to an American audience. Right. You know? So what did so, they say it was in English? 
I actually don't remember. Oh, okay, that's yeah. okay. But it, but it was like it's the kind of thing that like you you'll know. They might have even still called it the Inoshigacho. They probably right? called it the Loch Ness monster or something. Well, I don't. Know. <laughs> but but even if you refer to it in English as the Inoshigacho or as you know the boar butterfly deer or whatever, right? Yeah. Americans are gonna be like. What? You know, they won't get that it's a joke about right. a card game that's played in Japan, right? So. Speaking of card games, uh-huh. my next one is about Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, talk about these segues. Look at us with the transitions, boy! So, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! First thing is easy. Um, they changed, like, most of the names. Did they? Yeah, like... You're telling me that it's not Tristan Taylor in Japan? No. Um, Taya? Uh-huh. Her real name is Anzu. Okay. And I could pull up the rest. I forget. I used to know Joey's name, but um, like Joey Wheeler <laughs> with his heavy Brooklyn accent. <laughs> it's not actually Joey Joey Wheeler. Um, and it's really crazy. I could pull it up. They changed a lot of the plot. Yuki's like, name must be the same. Yeah, Yuki and um. Seto Kaiba. Seto Kaiba's the same. Mokuba's the same. Maximilian um, Pegasus. Maybe. Pegasus, I believe, is the same. Okay. What is cool? Oh, what was I going to say? Bandit Keith? I would have to look that up. <laughs> I'm going to pull it up. But um, what's cool is that, or maybe not cool, um, the pharaoh. Mm-hmm. They call the pharaoh. Mm-hmm. The Yugi's inner dude. Right, yeah. Um, and Yugi calls him... Um, Ibo, which means partner. That's what they call each other. Oh, really? Partner, yeah, Ibo. Huh. Um, but he, they also call him Yami Yugi, which is dark. Which Yugi. is like yeah. darkness Yugi. Yeah. It's like whoa, you never hear darkness Yugi like in the English. In English, no. Be- yeah. Well, and that's because in America they lack the context of Yu-Gi-Oh season zero, right? Yeah, which is insane i own the fir- right. uh, the first volume of the manga it was one of the first manga volumes <laughs> right. i ever owned it's just like and they're playing like, like knife games yeah it's just yami going around like torturing people it's like yeah. what the heck is this so joey's name is close is close it's um jonochi okay katsuya joey wheeler uh-huh. um taya gardner is anzu mazaki very different yes and tristan tristan taylor is uh hiroto honda Oh, that's very different. It's very Japanese. Um, Bakura's the same. Seto Kaiba's the same. You can't, like, Seto Kaiba is such a good name. Melody, who is Joey's sister, is is, uh, Miho. Wait, her name is Melody? In the English. Serenity. Oh, who's Melody? Who is this person? Oh, a one shot minor character in the manga. That's called a lie. I'm wrong. (laughs) NBM. Let me look up um, Bandit Keith. Oh, yeah. Maximilian Pegasus is Pegasus Crawford. <laughs> That's funny. So it's just, these are like little funny, like mini things, but they really changed. Like, of course, I don't have the examples. I really was a unironic Yu-Gi-Oh fan when I was in high school. I was reading mm-hmm. the manga in my monthly Shonen Jump magazines yeah. for like the final arc. And it's actually like, good yeah i was into the anime for that in like eighth grade um and then because that was like when the card game was coming out originally uh was when i was in like seventh grade i think was when the card game first came out in the united states i was uh, you're a bit older than me yeah yeah that makes sense so and my friends and i got really into that card game so we were into the anime as well for a while 
Yeah, but they changed, like, a lot of it. Like, most of the darker stuff is gone. Yeah. It gets dark sometimes. Right, and most of my friends... Keith got... Howard. Keith. <laughs> Keith Howard is uh, Bandit Keith's real name. So they basically kept it. They yep. just yeah. made him a bandit. Instead of having a last name, Howard. Crawford. Maximilian, Crawford. Maximilian Pegasus is a... That's called good localization. Yeah, that is a much better name. <laughs> Eight million times better. Right, if you're trying to make someone who sounds prestigious, yeah, attaching Maximilian there, way better than Crawford. A plus writers. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. But yeah, the the plot's different. I don't even think they aired the final arc, which is like the main arc where we go to Egypt and we like find shit out. They just eh, eh, don't matter. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. Yeah. All right. So just the names and also a lot of the plot is different in English to make it more of a kid's show. Right. Because it was on the WB. Well, and... Channel in, 11. And in America, there's the concept that animation is for kids, mm -hmm. right? Which isn't as much of a thing in Japan. Yeah. Right? I never grew up watching all these cartoons. This Japanation... Exactly. <laughs> Japanimation. Japanimation. Yep. And, you know, it was interesting because I grew up thinking of Japanimation as, like, the term for it, right? Yeah. But Japanimation definitely had a pejorative aspect to it, right? Mm-hmm. Or pejorative, I always forgot how to pronounce that I'm word. pretending to know what that word means. Oh, it means negative. Oh, okay. Uh, so it always had a negative connotation to it because it was always like, oh, yeah, it's from Japan. That means the mouth animation is going to be bad. Oh, right? okay. That means it's going to be flapping open closed circle or Shut whatever, up. Right? right you know <laughs> but like but like that was like the you know the old stereotype or whatever right and there was it, you know but it's true that like older anime didn't have as much as like high a frame rate or whatever mm -hmm. as like disney cartoons or something yeah right? um but because of you know obviously it's a completely different product it's produced completely differently you know with different constraints and yeah. whatever so Anyways, but so it, it had negative connotations. Anime has kind of, as a term, transcended that and become mm -hmm. a very uh, neutral or even positive term, of course. Something but, embarrassing. Um, when I was a kid, I used to say anime. Anime? <laughs> For fourth grade to like seventh grade. Okay, yeah. Anime. That's a, yeah, it's a long time. Spell it. Yeah, sure. That's what it is. Sure. I yeah. had never heard it before. I yeah. had only seen it written. Yeah. YouTube wasn't a YouTube became a thing right after I started watching anime. So well, it's not like I heard right. people saying the word. Well, I mean you just heard me mispronounce pejorative or whatever, so it's really fun. It's but the same way. Just, you know, it's yeah, just reading things. Just so Japanimation, anime. We're older now. Yes. Well, I still don't know how to pronounce pejorative, so <laughs> you go. I have, right. I have one more. How many more do you have? Uh, really, I have two, but they're both long. Like, okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, what example? I, I just, so I'll mention here that I did an interesting experiment recently mm -hmm. where I watched through one particular anime series in Japanese and English, and I did it back to back. Right. So I watched one episode, and I'd watch it in English, and then watch the same episode again in Japanese. Very cool. Or vice versa. I switched up the order every other episode. Yeah. Um, 
And I did this specifically because I was interested in this particular sh- Well, I, you know, I was, anyway, so the show I watched was Ronin Warriors, this mm-hmm. show that I mentioned earlier that was one of the first, it might be the first anime that I ever watched. Yeah. Um, in 1995. Um, and, uh, and so it's something that I remember very much from my, like, young, young childhood, and then it aired again on Toonami in the late 90s, uh, and then... I wound up getting it on home video in the mid-aughts. So I've kind of followed this anime and watched it Just like Interlude, I've never heard the 2000s talked about as the mid-aughts before, or the aughts. Oh. You've been saying it a lot. Yeah, it's it's the term. I've never heard it before. Oh, yeah, it's the term. Okay. I'm taking notes. This is why I have paper in front of me. Yeah. So anyway, but... um, yeah, so uh, so this show, Ronin Warriors, which in Japan is called Legendary Armor Samurai Troopers. I don't know the Japanese title for it, other than, you know, like, Yoroiden Toruba or something. But, yeah, right. Uh, Just say it with too many consonants. Yeah. Too it's, many it's vowels. Like, Yoroiden Samurai Toruba. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> Toruba. Yeah, but it's, uh, so Legendary Armor Samurai Troopers, or Ronin Warriors, and it's, uh, to give background on the show, it is a uh, Sentai show, I believe yeah. is the term. It's a team of... Uh, young men who, in costumes. Yeah, in different colored matching costumes, like Power Rangers, yeah, right? Sailor who, Moon. Or Sailor Moon, right? Who suit up and then save the day, mm-hmm. right? It's an interesting show, though, because it is very spiritual in its overtones. So the, the show kind of, I could summarize the show as being about spiritual conflict, essentially. Okay. Uh, and each of the characters is uh, associated with a particular... Uh, virtue, mm-hmm. and the villains are associated with specific virtues as well. Cool. And uh, that becomes important later on. But anyway, uh, so I watched through this show, and I was just kind of interested in it because it's something that's so relevant to me, personally, historically, whatever, yeah. right? And what I found was very interesting, doing this back-to-back English-Japanese viewing of this TV show, mm-hmm. I found that um, consistently the writers uh, for the dub were completely changing certain characters, right? Yeah. There were certain characters that they found, like, I can't, like, I can't handle these different characters. I need to just rewrite this one completely to be comic relief. Or, you Uh. know, right? And so it's the same thing, right? And, like, every time, I mentioned that the show exists on kind of a spiritual conflict arc, right? Yeah. Uh, And there are many scenes in the show that deal with, like, uh, Buddhist temples and stuff. One of the main characters is a monk who uh, does chants in Sanskrit and stuff. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, like, it's very Buddhist and uh, whatever, so. Um, but anyway, that's all changed in the American version, right? Of course. The American version... Too deep. Exactly. The American version tries to cut out as much, like, spirituality as they can, right? They try to make it just as much a, like, dumb action show as they can right uh and they and then they cut out a lot of things that speak to japanese culture so there's one character who shows up early on who's like oh yeah so you know i've been trained by this elite martial arts school you know and he's like listing his family genealogy or something Mm -hmm. right and in the american version they have him come in he's like he just has a strong brooklyn accent first of all joey <laughs> and he comes in and he's like hey guys i just got here or what i don't know anyway it's bad oh. it's rough that's called bad localization it is yeah <laughs> and nevertheless i soldiered on and i watched the whole show that way how long is it it's 36 ep- 39 episodes maybe so you watched like 90 episodes because you watched them yeah. twice yep good for you 
Yeah, I was pretty serious about getting that comparison in. Oh, and they gave the main villain a Scottish accent for some reason. Why? It was... Uh, anyway, so it's terrible. Funny. But so I I did it just so that I could be sure, you know, yeah. sort of, and like understand like every, you mm -hmm. know. Anyway, but that was a really interesting thing. Cool. Um, one thing I'm going to say, just to break it out, because I want to close with mine, since okay. it's kind of um, yeah. recent, I guess. Yeah. Um, what I've been enjoying the most about going to see the movies in Japanese when we go to Ghibli Fest and seeing other things in yeah. theaters is that now I know um, enough Japanese. Yeah. Uh -huh. Feathers back in the cap. Here sure, we go. Yeah. Um, that I can tell the differences in what the character is actually saying and the subtitle. Yes. Yeah. And I find that so interesting. Like last yeah. year when we saw Spirited Away in theaters, uh -huh. just like sometimes it's little things, sometimes it's like completely different ways of saying something that's close to being the same thing. Mm -hmm. But just looking at kind of that, like it's not necessarily a dissonance, but just the, the changes one has to make to get something else across. Well, and there are times that, you know, Japanese and, languages don't translate cleanly into each other all the time, right? Yeah. It's, it's easier when languages are more closely related to each other. Mm -hmm. Like if you're translating from Spanish into French or right. from German into English, like it's a little bit easier. But even there you run into issues. Mm -hmm. And in Japanese to English, there are certain interpretations you have to make, right? Contextual yeah. clues and whatever, right? So I was just watching a movie, actually. I was watching a Godzilla movie cool. in Japanese. And there's a line that someone utters that's, Gojira uh, uh, o mini ikuyo. Mm. Right? Which means, well, what does it mean? Gojira o. I'm going, you know, Godzilla is the object of the sentence. Yeah. Mini, to go see, or to see. Right. Ikuyo. Ikuyo is the tough part to translate here, right? Where mm -hmm. Gojira o mini ikuyo, ikuyo, right? Is like, uh, I'm going to go see Godzilla is the way that it was translated in the subtitles. But, um, ikuyo doesn't necessarily mean like, I am going, it could be translated as, like, let's go, or, you know, yeah. there, I don't know, there are other options there, and yo, in particular, is, like, a tough particle to translate, right. because, literally, like, it's, like, right? Well, yo is, like, the emphatic, right? Yeah. It's, like, oh, yeah, ne is the one I was thinking Right, ne is, like, you know, e this ne, right? Yeah. Like, is How's it, it that's, yeah. that's great, right? Uh, but, like, uh, or so this ne, right? Yeah. Uh, but it, it's the one that like elicits a response from the other person, right? right? But yo is the emphatic, right? It's like um, e desu ka, e desu yo, right? Like I'm yeah. assuring you that it's good. Anyway. I am going right, to yeah, see exactly. Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gojira o mini ikuyo. Yeah, it was it was an interesting line, like just that because it was such like a simple sentence mm -hmm. that like I can understand it first yeah. of all. Yeah. Yeah, and then like reading the translations, like yeah, I guess you could translate it that way, but like there's other ways. So I'm bummed because I don't remember. I remember seeing Chihiro flying on Haku at the end of the movie, uh -huh. beautiful scene, yep. and hearing her speak and reading the subtitle and being like, "That's not it," <laughs> but yeah. I don't remember like what the actual because it was like two years ago. But I think that's just so fun. Yeah. Like in the movie we were watching tonight, she said thank you. She said arigato. And yep. the subtitle said goodbye. Yep. It's like, no. Well, you know, but contextually, right? Yeah, because like you it, used it like they they say excuse me for everything. Right. And you're not going to translate it as excuse me every time because that's not how we would say it. Exactly. So exactly. Not that it's wrong. It's just how you can say things differently in right. different languages. Yep. It's cool. Yeah, and, and 
there are times like that that translation has becomes a real tricky job, right? Where mm-hmm. you have to be careful not to change the script, even though you're not reproducing a literal translation. Right. That's yeah. cool. Languages are cool. Yeah, I know why are. you were interested enough to study nine of them. Yeah, and probably more as I get older. I'll probably keep going. Cool. I hope so. Yeah. Do your I, last I one. I have my final example. So I know this has been a long time. It's 10.30. No, who cares? Yeah. My final example is one that I mentioned earlier, one of the early uh, Toonami shows, uh, which is Robotech. Okay. <laughs> Guys, yeah. he's sitting next to a box set of the entire show. Yeah, so full <laughs> disclosure, I'm a big fan of this show, even though it is what many, many anime fans call a classic bad localization. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Uh, yeah. It's all good. <laughs> um, I, uh, I respectfully disagree. I think that Robotech is an, a very interesting example. So, what Robotech is, there's a guy named Carl Masick, who is in the United States, and he decided that he wanted to start importing Japanese cartoons because mm-hmm. he saw a good business opportunity in it. He said, look, they've already finished a show. They've done all the animation. They've done everything. Like, yeah. I can just take this pre-existing stuff, sell it again, make money on it, right? Sounds good. Sounds right? American. But this was before, like, dubbing was a big industry for Mm -hmm. Japanese cartoons. He was doing this in 1985, right? Right. This is, like, the beginning of Japanese properties coming to the United States. Uh, Anime properties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And, like, uh, so he didn't, he wanted, so he wasn't thinking, like, I want to make a respectful, you know, dub of this, whatever, right? He decided that he wanted to make his own artistic creation out of it. So he licensed three separate shows. I don't remember what all of them were called. Uh, one of them was called, like, Mos Beata or something. Mm-hmm. But the main one that he licensed is called Macross. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. And Macross is still an ongoing series in Japan, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, Macross uh, he licensed, and what he did was he had this vision to edit these three shows together into one continuous story with characters shared between the shows and stuff. Uh, references, and he wanted to, like, edit it together so that, like, the story made sense, the villain's progression made sense, uh-huh. technology was similar and stuff. So these three shows, to make it make a little bit more sense, were all done by the same animation studio in Japan. I was gonna say, the aesthetic would have to be similar. Right, the aesthetic was the same. Cool. In all three shows, and all three were also, like, mecha shows, right? Play, you know, robots and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, from that perspective, it made sense, right? Yeah. Uh, and so he tried to do that. He he created this uh, series, like, 80-something episodes of one continuous story. Uh, and he changed all the characters' names, of course. Yeah. Uh, and he changed the plot significantly, right, uh, from the Japanese version of the Macross shows. And I know a lot of, like, there's a lot of people who are fans of the Macross stuff who are very bitter at Robotech. Uh, so Robotech is the three shows. Robotech, yeah. So Robotech is what Carl Basic made that was the three shows all edited together. Hmm. And uh, it's a really interesting example historically because he started producing his own Robotech episodes eventually as well. Huh. That was completely new animation and everything. Uh, but it unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I don't know anyway, but it never uh, got aired. Um and uh, he had this long dream to try and create essentially a time travel story that was going to be a circular loop oh. so that it, Robotech could air every weekday of the year and you could jump in at any point and get a full story by watching for a year. That was his, uh, right. That was his ultimate dream. And then it would end where you started. That was, uh, 
or Boris much. Yeah, exactly. So that was his original vision for it. He didn't wind up finishing it, uh, but uh, but I think it's a really interesting example, and it's because the the. Robotech is very Americanized in a lot of ways. Like, all the characters have, like, very American names, like Rick Hunter and, you know, whatever. Right? Joey Wheeler. Yeah, exactly. Tristan Taylor. Yeah. Uh, and the the show, is, the show is rewritten so that it's, like, about love and stuff. Or, you know, and, yeah! Well, like the, like, the core theme of the first season is, like, is that love is, like, the undiscovered technology that's going to change the universe or something. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's, like I told you earlier, it's a soap opera. It's not like a, you know. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, anyway, it's just, it, that's a, an infamous example. Cool. Yeah. That's a, that's crazy. It's like the Digimon one. Yes, like, exactly. How can you take someone else's work and chop it up? Exactly. So th- <laughs> that's kind of actually why I wanted to mention it, is because it's like the Digimon thing where they... Frankenstein together these different things to make something. Right? Yeah. Um, and maybe it's contradictory of me to have an opinion where I'm kind of negative on the Digimon one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on the job they did localizing it, but kind of positive on Robotech, right? Yeah. Um, maybe it's hypocritical of me, but particularly because I haven't seen Macross. So You're allowed to have your own opinions. Yeah. But I think that uh, Robotech is a very neat thing, at least historically, to watch uh, because it is something that opened the gateway for a lot more American, right. uh, like a lot more American ports of Japanese stuff. Hmm. Yeah, fight those haters, Sam. Yeah, like what you like. Um, to finish this all off with a very recent example. So, um, before I got my new job this year, you know my old job. Wasn't too great. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a lot of anime because I didn't have a lot to, to do, do at my job. And um, at the time, VRV just came out, which is kind of, you know what it is, a mix of different anime streamers who came together and said, we're going to put all our content on this site. And not anymore, but at the time, Funimation had uploaded a lot of their dubs onto the site. And actually, no, it doesn't matter because the show I'm talking about is Sentai Filmworks. So that doesn't matter. But... No, actually, I'm lying again. I it got High Dive, and it was before High Dive became a part of VRV. So High Dive was a new streaming service for anime. It's on VRV now, which confused me. Okay. Funimation went off, and High Dive went on. Okay. But um, so I started watching a lot of dubs at work because I could just listen to them. I didn't have to stare at a screen. I could do other stuff, but I didn't really have to pay attention to it mm-hmm. because I wasn't really doing anything. Uh-huh. I watched so much anime. I watched Mob Psycho. I watched Takagi-san. I watched, like, uh-huh. hundreds of anime movies. Not hundreds. I watched an anime a day for eight work days in a row. Twelve episode shows. It wow. was, like, rapid fire. I watched Mawaru Penguin Drum, which was one of my favorite shows I watched in English. So I became to really appreciate dubs and, like, noticing certain things. And one of the dubs that I watched was Chihaya Fudu. I liked it so much that I watched it again in Japanese. Um, but now with the third season currently airing, I watched episode six four times. I love it. Um, I like the dub better. And there's a real, I think, important reason why. So, um, Chiai Fudu is about a game called Karuta, which are you familiar with it? Nope. So um, there's 25 cards on each side, and they're all parts of poems. And there's a reader... And you set up your cards, and he's reading a poem, and once you realize what the next line is going to be, you slap the card. 
Okay. And you take that card, and whoever runs out of cards first wins. Cool. So you have to memorize 100 poems. There's 50 on the field, so there's also 50 dead cards. And you can fault, and there's a whole point system. Um, I actually saw a live card to match at Anime NYC. Pretty cool. Which was cool, because it was just like the Rakugo thing. I was narrating to my friend. Like, I knew what was going on. There was a fault. I called it. I didn't know any of the poems or anything. But um, so they kind of organize their cards by syllable, by certain poems that they like. Mm -hmm. So there are one-syllable cards, two-syllable cards, and a lot of the monologuing that's going on inside is the strategy of the game. And there's this, uh, my favorite character, Taichi, is voiced by this amazing voice actor in English who I don't remember. And Taichi's known for being really smart. He memorizes everything, and he's able to eliminate cards in his mind. So... They go by the syllable first, so they would be like the Tay cards and the Wo cards and like the Chi cards, and they go through like the Chi Ha cards versus the Chi Wo cards. Mm -hmm. And in English, hearing them say like the Wo, like the Tay cards and the Wo cards, it really helped you like get into the game. You felt mm -hmm. like you were actually understanding it in its language. Mm -hmm. And watching the sub, they're speaking Japanese, they're talking Japanese. But the subtitles are translating those syllables into, like, the first half word of the poem. Oh, okay. So instead of having the chi cards, it's like the im cards. Like, it's impassioned or impatient. Right, yeah. And they'll put those cards over there. But instead of saying the actual Japanese syllable, right, yeah. they, like, say, like, these are the our cards. Huh. The our home, our field, our house. And just huh, the fact that, yeah, and the fact that they translated those words into English... Mm -hmm. Just like it totally takes me out of it hmm, because it's it's awkward to be reading it in English and then seeing another English word referring mm -hmm. to a Japanese card being said in Japanese. Right. Yeah. And it's weird having that, but then having it being said in English. Yeah. In Japanese. Yeah, that's an interesting example where I think that it would work a lot better if you had an American adaptation rather than a dub or rather than a subtitling or something. Right. right? If you had a full American adaptation with English poems or something, right? Yeah, that'd be... Then that would make a lot more sense exactly. to say the hour cards mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever, right? But in the Japanese context, that's almost like you have to then think twice. Like, okay, the hour, but I'm seeing the symbol for chi right there. Yeah, know? and it's also weird because the fun thing about the show is, like, Taichi's explaining everything because he's the man. And then they say a take card. And you don't know what Tay is. Is it our? Right. It, it means hand. But there's no hand cards, you know? So it's weird that all the sub would have to do to have that same effect is just not translate the word. Have the Wo card. Have the Chiha card, you know? Mm -hmm. And in that respect, I like the dub so much better when I'm actually watching the matches. Because it's also really cool seeing, like, Tai Chi really focusing and going through all the cards and having the... Mm -hmm the English voice actors say them in perfect Japanese. Mm -hmm. Like that guy, I tweeted at him. I said, dude, look, I just watched Chiaya Fudu two seasons. You're killing it. You're doing great. He tweeted back. He was like, thanks. I was like, yeah. Cool. But um, I just thought that was an interesting choice, and it's in yeah. that way that I like the dub better. I mean, the voice yeah. acting in the Japanese is obviously great, yeah, but yeah. just consuming the media in that way is just messing me up. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You should we should watch like a quick card to match. It's bonkers. Maybe so? Yeah, it's cool. super fun.
But yeah, so that's all I have. Is that all you have? Yeah. All right. We hit an hour and a half. It's a long time. Woo! No, but that's good. Why not? Cool. We're, um, we'll probably have a, I know next week is Thanksgiving, but Thomas and I will be in the same house, so we'll probably do something. Hopefully we'll watch Babylon and we'll catch up. We might just do a recap episode and then go from there. Um, hopefully he's doing well, not running, but cheering on people to run in Louisville. That's where he is. Nice. He's in Kentuck. Kentucky. E. Sorry if you're from Kentucky. It was a joke. I know people from Kentucky. Oh, okay. Cool. You know people from everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but Sam, thank you so much for joining us on our very this very long and intellectual episode of Anime Double Play. I think we talked about a lot of interesting stuff, and I thought it was super fun. Cool. So thank you. For, yeah. um, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for filling in. And you're on our Discord too, but you never talk. That's true. So if you see a uh, Betulaphobe, yeah, that's him. So say hi, and you can say he did a good job in the Discord, or you can critique him all you want because <laughs> uh, it's freedom of speech here. Yeah, it is. Except for Whiskers the cat, the magic cat. Whiskers the magic cat. We'll, we'll censor that though. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much. Have a great week. In case we don't talk to you, but we should, probably should, have a happy Thanksgiving. And um, we will see you next time on Anime Double Play. Have a good night.